podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Hello and welcome to County Cricket Natters podcast It was a rain-affected championship round But we still saw some fantastic cricket Although not good for my fellow host Dan Whiting Or Sam Dalling Or for myself, Annie Chave but together, you know, we'll pull through. We'll we'll go through this together. So I'll pass over to you, Sam. Thanks, Annie. I think the perfect place to start is in the middle. Let's go to Edgebaston because that was an absolute thriller. One of those still going on late into the fourth day. In the end, it was Kent Hart's broken. Warwickshire won by an innings and 14 runs. So it looks like a schlacking, but actually they really resisted well, Kent, in that second innings. Ben Compton, naturally, and Joey Everson, 99 before he fell to Hassan Ali, the last man to fall. Absolutely distraught for him. But Warwickshire, they're a good unit this year, and they're being led by Sam Hain, the Hain train, as the Warwickshire social media team are calling it. Back-to-back hundreds, 165 not out for him. Good to see Rob Yates back in the runs as well, 128 for him. And Dan Mousley, a young lad who fell just shy of 100, but he made 94 from just 93 balls, 7-4s, four sixes. Dan Warwickshire, I saw him last week. I really like them as a side. Yeah, they've uh, they escaped by the skin of their teeth last year, didn't they? Thanks to Liam Norwell's heroics on the last day of the season, and they look like they've you know learned a little bit from that escapade, and they're bouncing back. Mousley, I like the look of. He's an England under nineteen, and he looks a, a very very good player. I actually thought his name was Mosley, but that's a place in Birmingham, not uh, not actually a Birmingham player. But uh, yeah, no, he looks a really, really good player, and you know they've got they've got some good ones coming through the system there at Warwickshire. Yeah, it was a it was really, really quite tense watching Joey Everson hanging around with Compton and uh, McCurr as well. It was. Um, it was a brilliant partnership between the three of them, kind of, um, in the end. So fantastic from uh, Warwickshire. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it's such a strong side. I and mean, there's some serious bowling attacks in Division One, and we'll talk about it, some of the others, a bit later on. But to add to Hassan Ali, Chris Rushworth, Ollie Hannandolby and Ed Bernard, which is already a pretty decent quartet. They just brought in Chris Wokes, Annie. So, you know, just a just a casual kind of medium pace part-timer. Yeah, well, he's um his figures weren't that far from uh, Rushworth either. So I think they've they've done very well to uh, have Rushworth and join him to uh, a rather, you know, rather good player, old Wokes. He's just playing at home, isn't he? I, I think that was what I heard. Oh, nice. I know plenty of club cricketers who quite like to pull that card as well. And I'm sure Dan will know a few. It was also uh, interesting to see Rushworth get um, Crawley LBW twice in, in the match as well. <laughs> that, that's opposed to John Terry, the old Chelsea footballer who'd often play away, but let's not go there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you just did. Dan, I'm going to stick with you because, Kent, look, I'm a bit worried about them. I have to be honest. You look at their bowling, it's hard, right? They brought in Michael Hogan, yeah, but we know his age. So how, you know, this is a taxing season in the county championship. Conor McCurr joined on an emergency loan. Joey Everson, who I think is is brilliant, uh, but is still making his way in the first-class game. Matt Quinn as the seamers, and then Bell Drummond, Denley and Leaning, all of whom are part-time spinners, really. And we've talked about the Warwickshire attack, and there's some of the other attacks we'll talk about. That just looks weak. I haven't got another word for it. Yeah, there's, it looks like there's three weak sides already there, and that's Northamptonshire, Middlesex and Kent. And uh, I think, you know, I, I was full of confidence a couple of weeks ago about my boys, Middlesex, but I think they're going to be in a dogfight with Kent and Northamptonshire. I, I think Northamptonshire would uh, argue with you at the moment. They might do. They might do. They're top of the t- they were top of the table at one point, <laughs> weren't they? But I do think it's going to be a long season and, you know, Let's see what happens. Uh, and there's also yeah. Somerset who might be also in that dogfight as well. But Yeah, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll that. Go on, Annie, I'm going to come to you again then. For your, I liked your defence of Northamptonshire there. Ooh. Because, yes, I think Dan's a little bit bitter because they did just beat his Middlesex side by seven wickets. Uh, by, by lunchtime on the fourth day, I mean, Middlesex would have been home by tea time back in London. Ben Sanderson, only the... I say only five wickets, but it was just the economy rate he had. Five wickets for NAFL runs. Chris <laughs> Tremaine there as well. Um, and then they knocked him off what was potentially a tricky chase in a low-scoring game. Uh, Sam Whiteman, their Aussie overseas, made 60 and beaten off 79 balls. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. They're not yeah. that weak, are they? I think Sam Whiteman um, is is really good um, for them. He he really took the attack to Middlesex, and um, I think that's a fantastic um, person for them to have and and really well need well needed. But yeah, uh, Northants, I you know I, I'm I'm going to argue with Dan over here because I think I think they look fairly solid actually. Sam, I've got to agree with everything you said, apart from Middlesex being home by sort of mid-afternoon, because have you seen the traffic around Luton on the M1? <laughs> it's a bloody nightmare, mate. You cannot get through it on a Sunday, I tell you. Uh, one other thing I'll say is that um, Higgins is a great recruit for Middlesex, and, and that is really showing with how he's come, coming through and bringing um, really good scores through at the moment. Yeah, let's let's ask you about Middlesex then, Dan, because you were full of confidence. I it's easy for me to say this now, but the batting as has been borne out in the first couple of weeks, and we should say it is only the first two weeks of the season, difficult batting conditions, and actually Middlesex were excellent with the bat last year. So it's early days. They could have two games where they score four hundred plus twice, and we're saying how brilliant they are. But it's been the bowling attack looks decent. It's the batting that's not quite the top order in particular has failed yeah without a shadow of a doubt and um you know if you if you can't sort of get 250 300 on the board in your first innings you're always chasing the game and you don't get any bonus points either and that is the problem i think their batting will come good i mean i believe in you know stoneman robson peter milan is on paper it's decent but they're not doing the business at the moment but as you say it's early days yeah, they're relying on uh, Simpson again. It, it feels a little bit at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's coming in and he's, you know, he's like Red Adair. He's putting out the fires <laughs> all the time, isn't he? You know, I feel sorry for him. And Higgins as well, yeah. that middle order. Well, there's a few sides that seem to rely on the middle lower order to, to prop up their batting. Could they, what they've got Nottinghamshire at Lords on Thursday, Dan. Are there players waiting in the wings they could think about bringing in? Um, this is probably their strongest side they've got there at the moment. I mean, they're bowling, they tend to rotate the bowlers, you know, sort of Murta, Bamba, Roland Jones, Helm. So they've got a decent sort of, sort of some firepower there. Uh, Jack Davis is another one as well, perhaps. Um, but, uh, you know, this is their strongest side on paper, I think, for Middlesex. Well, perhaps they will give them another week and see what happens against Nottinghamshire. Where shall we go next? Oh, I know, Dan. Let's go over the river just to make you feel even better about <laughs> That's all I life. Need. That's all <laughs> I need. <laughs> Annie, two words. Holly Pope. Wasn't that incredible? I, I mean, talk about Bowsball. He just, uh, as we shouldn't, because obviously it's not a thing. Um, but he just totally reamed the ball everywhere. What did he get? Um, 122 not out in 102 balls. And he looked absolutely like he was on fire. And and it was a beautiful, beautiful innings. And and Sibley even looked all right as well. <laughs> wow. Don't go overboard in your praise, Harry. <laughs> Dan, it's not just the runs and the manner he scored in, but it's the bowlers he scored it against. I that know, Hampshire attack. The best attack. Oh, that's a bold call. Dan, what do you reckon? Who's this, Sibley or Pope? I'm on Pope. I'm sticking with the Pope. Yeah, yeah. Good Catholic boy, Sam. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I think it is a really good win. And Surrey have like they've set out their stall. They've had a tough start to the season with Lancashire and Hampshire, two of the strongest sides there, and uh, they look menacing. Well, Hampshire will be sick of the sight of Ollie Pope. He's got eleven hundred and thirty-three runs against them at an average of one hundred twenty-five point eight nine. His conversion rate is unbelievable. Eight scores of fifty plus. Six of them have gone in to hundreds. Annie, disappointing for Hampshire then. It's a tough place to go. But they won their opening game against Nottinghamshire last week. Some bright spots. It was quite a close game, really, until that point. It looks like they've been hammered, but it was quite tight. Yeah, I mean, Abbas got um, eight for 64, for goodness sake. I mean, he he bowled really well. Um, But sorry, had... Worrell, who got a 5 for 40 and uh, looked pretty damn awesome. So, yeah, there were there were bright spots, of course. But uh, a Barker, not entirely firing, but he still got a good 50, 58 and a couple of wickets. And Abbott and Abbas still look really, really good. So, um, yeah, but it, it's, uh, it is Surrey and, uh, and they really did trance them, I'm afraid. Sorry, Hampshire. You're talking about Dan Worrell there. Mm. Now I work for Gloucestershire. Can we stop talking about ex-Gloucestershire players who are doing the business at London clubs? You just mentioned Ryan Higgins. Dan <laughs> Worrell's another one as well. And uh, he's a, he's an interesting character, Worrell, isn't he? He's got a real curved run, which apparently yes. co- comes from him having a tree in his back garden when he was a kid, which I love that story. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why we've heard it before. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ruthless tonight, Annie. I like oh, oh, well, I think we the should... claws are out. <laughs> All right, Dan, we'll stop talking about ex-Gloucestershire players. Can we talk about an ex-Middlesex man, Nick Gubbins, who made runs for Hampshire? He could be pretty key if they're going to push for the title. Yeah, Hampshire's weak spot is their batting. Uh, they've got one of the strongest attacks in the country. And if their batting was as good, I think they'd be favourites for the title. Uh, Gubbins, Gubbins and James Vince are the two that they rely a hell of a lot on. They're both decent players. And Gubbins, you know, he's looking to resurrect his career a little bit. You know, his class, his class has always been there. Completely randomly, with nothing on it at all, I think I'm going to head us to Chelmsford. Lancashire versus Essex a bit of a battle of the titans it was billed at lots billed as lots of immediate attention on that one it ended up in a draw at Chelmsford which to be honest happens quite a lot early in the season I remember a couple of years ago watching some very high scoring draws there what did we have young George Bell back-to-back half centuries he's the young wicketkeeper batter at Lancashire, wickets for Sam Cook five foot in the first innings although there's a little bit of an injury scare he limped off in the second innings, I think he's going to have a scan on his hamstring. Keaton Jennings just keeps scoring runs. 96 for him. I bet he'll be annoyed at missing out on that 100. And then there is some youngster called James Anderson who took four for in the first innings and got Sir Alistair Cook out twice, Dan. Twice LBW, yeah. Yeah, he did. I thought one of them looked a bit dubious, a little bit high and probably did too much perhaps but you know hey that's the way of the world isn't it but uh i think it's just fantastic and that goes to show how good county cricket is you've got two and i'll use the word sparingly but two legends of the game in cook and jimmy anderson and you've got them competing head to head in the county championship and this is why we love this competition Annie, you love this competition, I think, more than anyone I've ever met. And people who, A, question the number of fans. Um, Chelmsford was packed uh, for this one. And B, the quality. I'm just looking at this Essex lineup, right? So you've got Sir Alistair Cook, Tom Wesley, Dan Lawrence. So there's three of the top four that have played Test Match cricket. Simon Harmer, Doug Bracewell, Sam Cook and Jamie Porter, both on the kind of fringes of England squads. I reckon Sam Cook will play one day. Then Jimmy Anderson, Colin de Grandham, Keaton Jennings have all played Test cricket. Dane Velas has played a little bit of international cricket. Josh Bahannon is potentially the next cab off the rank. So go on, I've set you up your fiercest defence of county cricket. Although you're speaking to the right audience here. Well, I think the the real real joy of county cricket, and I'll, I'll just quickly say this: is you can see these players in Test matches, but you you don't see them in the same way as you do at county matches. It's it's much more. You feel like part of the side. It's 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 a kind of uh, love interest. No, that sounds far too racy. I didn't mean a love interest. <laughs> so, I like so, it. But you ha- you have a, a real sense of belonging, and um, you don't have that in test matches because you don't have that interaction with the players, and you don't you can't wander around the ground and and, and chat to them in in the same way. So um, when you have real class players like that, I think that is where county cricket excels itself more than anything else. It's such an intimate moment, Annie. That's so intimate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was a bit of touch of baseball there, wasn't there, with the declaration as well from Jennings. I think, you know, it's, it's happening. 
that baseball. It's definitely happening, isn't mm. it? I agree. I, it's you, you don't get it in football or anything like that, do you? You can suddenly you turn up, and particularly in some of the bigger Test match grounds that still get decent crowds, but are nowhere near what they would be like on a an international day it can feel really quiet and then you just look up and there's Stuart Broad or Jimmy Anderson just like exactly. or you can you can be in the pavilion in front of the as they're warming up and suddenly they're just 10-15 meters away it's a little bit surreal yeah and you don't have that at test matches because you have the stewards who who keep them apart um and and it's also busy as well you don't get close any anyone been to Trent Bridge recently at all <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to get away with that one, Dan. I was going to leave that one out. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, we've seen a few thumpings. We've talked about them already. Fair play to Nottinghamshire. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Bang and bowling. You, you know what? In a low-scoring game, I think this was lost on the first morning by Somerset. The only, three, yeah. mm, only three players passed 50 in the entire game. Josh Davey, Ben Duckett and Haseeb Hamid. Now they put on 124, I think it was for the first wicket. For the first was it, and 164 for one, right? So Somerset didn't get their second wicket until 164 runs were on the board. What was the winning margin? 165. So I mean, (laughs) that kind of backs that up a little bit, doesn't it, Annie? It was a tough day, tough few days. Yeah, I mean, it it was tricky batting conditions. You know, same for both sides, but. Definitely, their their bowling was really moving around all over the place, and and they they bowled really really well. We didn't, and we didn't have a, a on song Overton in any way, shape, or form in uh, batting or bowling. And uh, I think we're looking really short of the bowler, apart from obviously the eleven wickets from Gregory. Yeah, I think I think we bowled well after lunch. From lunch onwards, I think we actually bowled quite well. Craig, in his defence, bowled three overs for one run at the start and then limped off and yeah. had to be yeah, off yeah, the no, field it's injury. Or two. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I've had a look at the Somerset message boards and they're vitriolic at the moment. They are not a pretty place at all. Um, I mean, you guys are closer to the action and closer to the team than sort of most. I mean, you go seeing virtually sort of every game. What's gone wrong? Look, I'm going to defend them here and I'm going to not deflect, but push praise, right? Because, and actually I try. I spoke to Kevin Shine afterwards and he pulled me up on something with a smile on his face. Because um, the point I was trying to make was that if you look at the Somerset wickets, eight of the first nine... There's nothing any of those batters could have done about it. Sean Dixon aside, who wafted after one, yeah. I think I made the mistake of saying to a bowling coach, well, you know, I think um, the batters got themselves out. And he went, no, 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 you're talking to the wrong person if you think it's anybody but bowlers getting wickets for themselves. And so I said, okay, fine. There was there was nothing more Somerset could have done because that Nottinghamshire attack was relentless. You got Brett Hutton, who only played because Luke Fletcher had an ankle injury. You had Dane Patterson, who picked up eight for. So one of Patterson and Hutton will get will have got eight for and nine for and might not be in the side next week. And then you've got Stuart Broad coming in. So like Dan, that is we talked about attacks. Jake Ball, Ollie Stone, and Luke Fletcher didn't play. Like that is not bad. 
No, it's not bad at all. It'll be interesting to see how they do when the wickets dry out a little bit. Uh, these are Nottinghamshire's wickets at the moment. We had Gareth Batty on last year, and he said the northern sides and Nottinghamshire are a northern side. They probably argue that they're not, but they are in our eyes. And, you know, they're, they're built for green tops. Their, their attack is built for these conditions at this time of year. One thing about Sean Dixon that you just named there, I saw in the fantasy cricket some guy has got his team as Sean Dick Sean's dicks on your face. <laughs> but the best one I thought out there is I see you, baby, Momo Abbas. Thank you for that. Um, very, very good. I wish you hadn't. The second part was excellent. I wish you hadn't included the first part. I believe there are some Somerset fans who have nicknamed him Sean Duxon already, which I think is very harsh. I think. Sean will come good. You're right, though. Steve Mullaney said afterwards, he said if Brett Hutton could roll up a pitch and take it with him, it would be that one at Trent Bridge. <laughs> Sean Dixon, I believe, is the last man to be given out, handled the ball in this Correct. country. He uh, was given out in 2016 playing for Kent, and then the law changed in 2017 to obstructing the field. And I think he's the last one to be given out, handled the ball. In the UK. I that is true, and it's not going to happen again. I just, uh, the other thing, going back to how good county cricket is, Broad taking Bancroft's off stump. Oh, it's beating. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that, can you? Let's hope he does it again with three lions on his shirt this summer. Mm, apparently he's practising, I was listening to the live stream, and apparently he's, he's practising an outswinger at the moment, so he's using... County cricket to practice this this uh, new outswinger, and uh, you could see a little bit of it during the game, definitely. Before we move on, because we've avoided it, let's heap some more praise on Nottinghamshire, please. I know we said they got the wickets are favourable, but I mean, still, I've tried to do it. Come on, Dan, give them some credit. They came up with Middlesex last year. Are they potentially title contenders? No, I don't think they're title contenders, but I don't think they'll go down either. I think they're a very good side. And, you know, as we say, the they're a test-playing county, and the test-playing counties are always strong. And, you know, the, the, the team from Robin Hood's county have been known to rob the poor to feed their rich <laughs> members or whatever in recent years. But I think they are a very well-run club. I think... The one thing that that is um, going to uh, be bad for them is is probably losing Duckett, losing yeah. Broad. Um, so it's not a. I think Dan's right. If if they stuck with this team throughout, I think it it would probably they'd be in with a good shout. But I think it's going to be tricky for them. Yeah, I agree. Duckett's going to be a massive loss. I think to your point, Dan, about the green team, I think they've tried to address that by bringing in Ollie Stone. He's someone who bowls a little bit differently, much sharper. And actually, Mullaney said Jake Ball is bowling the best he's ever seen him bowl, but he just can't get near the side. So there's definitely, definitely depth there, which is the case for a lot of teams in this division. But yeah, that is Division 1 done for me. I'll be quiet for a little bit anyway. Division 2 then, Dan? Yeah, well, I spent four days at Bristol watching the covers go on and off. So, uh, uh, until you're actually in the West Country, though, you do not know how much rain there is. I mean, it's been wet in London, but when you go down there, it is saturated. And Bristol, unfortunately, was 
uh, just not fit. And it's not, no one's fault. The ground staff tried their best. Everyone's tried their best. I felt sorry for the Yorkshire fans who travelled down, make a few days of it down in the West Country. But it just wasn't going to happen. And I spoke to a couple of players. I spoke to Paul Van Maker and I spoke to Josh Shaw. And they said at one end, the Ashley Down Road end of the ground, the, the, the turf was moving from under you. But, oh. you know, we, we had a good time. We got some content down with the players. And uh, the players played a bit of darts. Chris Dent hit a one on the dartboard apparently so uh yeah there you go sam what's your view i love the idea of you sat watching the covers for four days when the game was abandoned on day two it's a very dan whiting thing to do just <laughs> just staunch just sat there just just in case just in I'm case gonna it, stay. <laughs> it, it was day three but you know oh, it right. was hey anyway let's go on to chestler street and a really good game of cricket this Durham batted first, 4-8-5 for nine. Dave Beddingham, we've named him on this show a few times over the last three years, haven't we? He got 1-1-8. Worcester then, uh, Worcestershire made a bold declaration. They got 366 for five. Haynes, Jack, not Desmond, he got 134 not out. Durham then responded with their own. Funky declaration, 254 for four. Friend of the show, Scott Borthwick, we had him on last year. He got 100. And then Worcestershire, 192 all out. Matt Kuhneman got five. And Sam, you caught up with him. And everyone considered them experts on matters county. Hello, folks. Well, I've got a very special guest with me. Yes, fresh from taking six wickets in Durham's 121-run victory over Worcestershire, including a fiver in the second. He took the last wicket to four as well, and it was a hell of a celebration. Welcome to the show, Matt Kuhneman. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. Durham, somewhere a little bit different for you. Talk to us a little bit about how that came about. Um, yeah, so Darren's been awesome so far. I've loved it, but it's sort of a last minute um thing. Marcus North sort of um gave me a call probably on on like a the Tuesday and then with the plan was to fly out Friday. So it all happened uh, quite quickly and you know, I'm loving my time up up in Durham and the last game we played was just yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, how's it been settling in? You were down at Sussex by the sea, which is beautiful, which was a decent game, a narrow defeat, but back to winning ways against Worcestershire. A hell of a team performance. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, um, I sort of obviously come in just before the first game and you knew, uh, you knew straight away with, with the coach and the captain, the players, that they want to, the, the goal was to win games this year. And um, uh, they're definitely doing that. And they're just playing that type of uh, cricket playing at the moment has been um, really enjoyable to play and for the fans to watch as well. What has it been like getting to know your new teammates? We've had Scott Borthwick on a couple of times. He's a friend of the show. You've got quality in there as well. Dave Beddingham, Alex Lees, Ben Rain, Paul Coughlin, Manny Potts. I mean, it's a serious side, that, for Division 2. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's some world-class players there, and um, they're all great fellas as well. So, no, it's made my life really easy to come in, and um, yeah, it's made me feel really welcome. And it's just um, uh, probably the first thing I noticed was how much passion they have for the club, so... That's awesome. You probably saw that with a few of the celebrations towards the end there. So, um, no, I'm, I'm loving it so far. Have you learned the words to Blade and Races yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> I had no idea. So you were in the background just kind of miming along. It's quite good fun, that, though, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I was just there just banging the bat. But, um, no, that, that, that's, a, that's a really cool team song. 
Am I right in thinking you were due to come over and play some club cricket anyway? A team down in Essex might have lost your services to Durham. Yeah, that was the, that was the plan. Um, yeah, to come down and play some league cricket and just be in England. Because I think a lot, a lot of Australians coming over this year to Nash's year, so um, everyone wants to be over. And and obviously the just like post COVID now, everyone's everyone loves playing in England and just a great spot to be. Yeah, does the English county game? Does it still? We love it over here some there are some people who knock it but for you guys as australians i know you can't speak for every single australian but is county cricket still the kind of standard bearer for red bull stuff yeah definitely um i think i think obviously the first class uh cricket back home to sheffield shield and county cricket um is they're the, probably the two major red bull competitions in the world and for me like that's that's one of my dream come true to play county cricket. i've always wanted something i've wanted to do and to be able to do it and um, with the with such a a cool club like Durham, uh, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Did anyone warn you that uh, Chester the Street in April might be a bit nippy and perhaps not so conducive to spin bowling? Everyone, everyone, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> they said um, so. I've pretty much got myself a lifetime worth of hand supplies or hand warmers um, <laughs> in my bag. So um, no, they're they're ready to go. The the weather. It was cold the first couple of days, but then day three, day four, sort of the sun came out, which is which is nice. Go on then. All right. Reveal the secrets. Do the rest of your teammates also have the hand warmers or are you the only one with them in pockets? Uh, when the sun's not out, a few of the boys have it, but if the sun's <laughs> out, it's I'm the, I'm the only person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it's very different to what you were doing only a couple of months ago. Congratulations, by the way. Matt Kuhneman, test cricketer, three tests over in India, nine wickets, a five-wicket haul. I mean, it's been a bit of a whirlwind six months for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, definitely. That was, that was like, once again, that was that was amazing. So, um, yeah, to get over there and, and play with some of the guys I've looked up to my whole my whole career and, and play against um, the likes of Rack Coley and Rohit Sharma, that was, that was special. So, yeah, it happened. That also happened really quick. So I'm sort of loving the journey I'm on at the moment and, and where it's taking me. Yeah, it's quite a journey. And Australia's spin stocks. I mean, there's there's some decent bowlers in there. There's yourself. You you played alongside Nathan Lyon, who a lot of people call the goat, and Todd Murphy as well. So you played three spinners in there. So there's competition for places. There's Mitchell Swepson as well, and I'm sure a few others. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, the spinners, the, the stocking spinners in Australia is, um, is really strong at the moment. So, which is good to see for Australian cricket. So, but yeah, um, obviously got swept by there in Queensland, and, and Todd is um, is a fantastic young bowler. He was he was really impressive in um, in India. And what's the plan for this summer? Of course, they're getting into the Ashes side. But how long might we see you at Durham, and which formats might we also see you in? Uh, so, I'm definitely here for the first. The first thing of the Red Bull stuff. Um, I'm hoping to be here for the whole season. Where the Todd Todd will come come in. I'm not sure when he'll come in, but like Todd Todd will be around. So that's really exciting for um for Durham as well, and and for him. And um, that'll be. I'm looking forward to spending some time with Todd as well. So yeah, not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, we're sort of just taking it game by game at the moment. Absolutely magnificent. I mean, are you, well, just one more thing I want to touch on. Your whirlwind six months or so. Uh, the white ball stuff's going quite well too. I know didn't quite get over the line in that big bash final, but you were a key part of the side that made it all the way and just fell at the final hurdle to Perth Scorchers. Yeah, um, no, I loved it. That was that was probably my most enjoyable big bash season yet. Um, uh, we had such a good good group of um, guys and coaches there, so probably still 
still tough to think about the final up in there. So, oh, sorry, because um, we were so, we were so close. But um, no, it was that was such a good game of cricket, and even just to, to go over and per, uh, to play Perth in Perth and be competitive is something to probably be proud of as well. There's something in the water in Perth, isn't there? They seem to be in the last 10, 15 years just producing world class cricketer after world class class cricketer. Yeah, their their team is their squad. Sorry, is just is so stacked. Um, there there's so many. So many good players there, and um, that's credit to credit to them. And it's and then playing in Perth is probably another thing. It's it's really hard to win games, especially big bash at um off the stadium there. So yeah, they're they're really strong at the moment. They are indeed. On you, I mean, we've talked about strength. Your strengths. How you've been playing white ball and red ball cricket. How easy is it as a spinner to switch between the two formats? Are you very different in terms of your approach, or are there many similarities? Yeah, well, a few years ago, I probably was it. It took me a while to um, get used to, but it. now it's just it's part of the game. It's something you just got to do, and um, I'm comfortable doing it now. So now I sort of know like how I want to how I want to bowl in, in white ball if it's T20 in one day. So that's that's quite different as well. And then red ball. So um, yeah, it's sort of sort of knowing your role within the within the team and conditions and all that type of stuff. Yeah, and the ball itself, I mean, we use a Duke's ball over here. I know you played some club cricket, I think, in Hertfordshire back in 2016. So you've got a little bit of experience, presumably bowling with a Duke's rather than a Cookerborough. Coop- but is there such a pronounced difference that everyone talks about? Oh, I think this is the Duke's probably my favourite ball to bowl in world cricket. So yeah, I love it. Um, but we obviously we had a couple of seasons in Australia where we played with a Duke for a few games. But the ball, I've noticed the ball gets a bit softer here, a bit early compared to the Duke we're using in Australia, but it sort of brings me in the game to bowl more overs, I guess. So, um, no, I love the Duke and you get, you get some nice uh, nice drift and it's a bit big, bigger team to um, work with as well. Oh, well, interesting. It's interesting to hear you say that you're, the Duke is your preferred ball. Final question, right? The North East is massive on its football. I'm a Newcastle United season ticket holder and I have to say Sunderland are also going quite well. They've got a chance with championship playoffs. There's a big split in that Durham dressing room. Which side are you going towards? Is anyone dragging you along? Oh yeah, there is. Uh, at the moment, I'm still sitting on the fence so um, I'm a bit split but uh, the, I went to, I was walking around Newcastle my second day I was here and they were playing, playing against Manchester United and the atmosphere in Newcastle was incredible so uh, no, I'll have to try and get to a couple of them games and, and make my decision then. Oh, well, I, I like that lovely bit of sitting on the fence there. Matt Kuhneman, thank you so much for joining us. Cool, thank you very much. Good game of cricket, Annie. Yeah, lots of lots of declarations, and, and definitely, I, I, you know, I'm not actually, I don't actually use the word baseball that much, but um, it was, it was definitely. Uh, 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 <laughs> here I am using it so many times. Sorry, <laughs> um, but there were definitely some uh, baseball declarations there, and uh, oh my god, uh, Worcestershire so nearly hung on. What, what did they do? They stayed there for 14 of the 19 overs they needed. Um, and and it was so tense, but um, unfortunately for them, they they didn't manage to hang on. And uh, Durham were worthy winners, um, w- winning by a hundred and twenty-one. Sam, have either of these two sides got uh, promotion credentials? Do you think? 
Hmm. I don't know if they quite do. It's going to be difficult in there. Look, I think Jack Haynes could be really important. We talked about him. I think he's going to have a really big year. He went, I think he was away with the Lions at one point over the winter. He's come, he was one of, another one of those Malvern College grads um, who's been earmarked for, I don't want to say greatness, perhaps that's overdoing it a little bit, but he was one of, you know, like Tom Abel, Tom Curley Cadmore made all those runs and named Wisdom Schoolboy of the Year, I think. Haynes was part of that side too and scored an awful lot of runs. So Worcestershire, maybe. I think they kind of sides in transition. Durham, certainly, they've got some young lads starting to play for them. So it might take them a year or two to bed in. I'm thinking names like Bushnell, I suppose. Ah, uh, yeah, but no, sorry, I'm I'm in an ring. No, I think Kuhneman's a good bit of business. Todd Murphy was due to come over, and actually, I think Cricket Australia wanted to manage his workload a little bit, so he pulled the deal quite late. But they lined up Kuhneman as a replacement. Fair play to them both. I mean, Murphy would have gone, but for being pulled out, and it's not exactly a spinner's paradise up at Chester Street, <laughs> even in the middle of August, let alone in April. But I think he's the leading wicket taker, Kuhneman, in the division already. So, um. Nearly, but not quite years for them, I think. The other one, Durham have got one of their youngsters coming through is a lad called Stanley McAlinden. Mm. And uh, when was the last time we had a cricketer called Stanley? I can't think of one. Stan McKay, perhaps? <laughs> You're beyond my... I've got no... I have nothing to offer. I'm sorry. I used to play with a bloke called Stan Case. Uh, great wicketkeeper, even into his 70s. So I say great, it's probably a loose term. But he was a wicketkeeper until he was 70 odd. Okay. Okay. Well, look, let's go on to the East Midlands. And bragging rights went with the rain there. Leicestershire, <laughs> again, we spoke about them in depth last week. They have improved 451 for nine. Hill, 162. Ackerman, 114. Zach Chappelle there with a few wickets for Derbyshire. Um, they batted 254 for seven. Brooke Guest, 92. Chris Wright, the old warhorse. He got four for 38, but a game ruined by rain. Uh, Leicestershire, they're showing a bit of grit, aren't they? The top of the table, Dan. Yeah. The top of the table. And Who saw that coming? Them. I mean, 451 for nine. They would have dreamt of scores like this um, yeah. on the season. So it's really, really, really lovely to see. Yeah, I think there's a real good feel-good factor about them. They've just, you know, we spoke last week with Rishi about Rishi Patel about Grace Road or whatever it's called now, the sponsor's name, being redeveloped, and they're looking to make it a real venue in, in the sort of East Midlands to rival Trent Bridge, and I think it's fantastic for the city of Leicester. Yeah, I love it. Sean Jarvis pours his heart and soul into it. They're so good in the community. I've talked about it before, but... And almost to the detriment of talking about their cricket, I quite fancied them because of their batting. Sol Budinger is another name I've talked about a few times. 72 off 62. We got so you got Rishi Patel, Sol Budinger, Lewis Hill, who's just come into his own in the last couple of years and scored run after run. Ackerman, who is just a really classy player. Hanscom there. I know he didn't have a great time at Middlesex, but he is quite close to that Australia side again. And then Vian Mulder in at six. For a Division Two batting lineup, I quite like that. They've got the experience of Chris Wright, Ray and Ahmed. I don't know how much he'll play over the course of the summer, but certainly for the next couple of months he will. So uh, 
I just quite like Leicestershire. It's yeah, just like... really nice to see them not at the bottom and and actually, um, you know, really competing uh, um, so well. Like you say, on the field as well as off the field, because off the field they got it covered. I saw Budinger last year for Nottinghamshire against Gloucestershire in the Royal London. And he just whacks it from ball one. He's he's not cultural at all. He's not pretty to watch. It's long on and deep mid-wicket. That's his arc. But I tell you what, he's got a fantastic eye. And he's an Essex boy who grew up in Australia, isn't he? And he's he's uh, quite an interesting character by all accounts. I just wonder if actually Nottinghamshire will regret. I think it was his decision to leave, but he, he couldn't have predicted how seamlessly Duckett has slipped back in to that test side. But I think there would have been a spot for Sol Budinger once the test match get underway. But brilliant see Leicestershire. Yeah. Well, that rounds up Division 2 because Glamorgan and Sussex sat this week out. So there's only two real games of note to talk about after Gloucestershire and Yorkshire were rained off. So that completes Division 2. And that brings us to the end of County Cricket Natters for this week and uh, our round up of... Uh, both divisions so thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week we got some beautiful chats we got some beautiful stats and we won't stop talking we won't give it a rest and as a matter of fact it's time to get it off our chests Sports Social Podcast Network.